This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As our resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven-roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Sugar works a little bit like alcohol too. You can spike and then crash and then you seem drowsy and feeling drowsy can often seem like it's going to lend itself to a good sleep, but actually that's, that's a bit of a fallacy. That's where people go wrong with alcohol, where it's like, I'm just going to have a glass of wine. It's going to make me sleepy. Alcohol has been shown to disrupt sleep. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You? A podcast about feeding kids. Hey, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. This week's episode is about something that bubbled up in our personal conversations. We're each struggling with different sleep issues personally and with our kids. So we were curious, how does what and when we eat actually impact our sleep? But before we dive into that question, we'd love to invite you to our Didn't I Just Feed You listeners community. Anyone can join the free area of our community with just an email, and then you get direct access to both of us as well as weekly meal ideas and great advice from our hive mind of home cooks. And if you're able to support Didn't I Just Feed You, this summer we changed up our community membership options. We have many more choices, more affordable price points. We'd love to have you as a supporting member too. So shout out to those of you 
who go out of your way to support us. It really makes a huge difference. We love you. Thank you so much. You can find out more about the different options at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. And hey, you know what? If you can't support us right now, that isn't in the cards. No big deal. You're supporting us by listening, by subscribing. That's great. Rating and reviews are great. We love them. They make us happy. And Megan's favorite suggestion, which I love also, share, share us, share us with your friends. The more people who listen, the more we can do. Really, that's what it comes down to. It's as simple as that. (laughs) I want y'all texting links to your favorite episodes, not just like, hey, have you checked out this episode? You need to listen to this one so you can sleep through the night. Uh, Because you know what's not great is crappy sleep. Will you, though, will you remind me, because we talked about this like a week ago, last week maybe, are you struggling with sleep? Are the boys struggling with sleep? I feel like if the boys are struggling, then you are struggling and vice versa. So I'm glad because I I did a little research um, for this episode and there's two things, right? There's like struggling with sleep and then they're struggling to wake up. So I brought it up because I was like, I wonder if there are ways to get your tweens and teens to wake up without coffee because it's more of a like morning thing. So during the school year, I have to set my alarm literally just to make sure that they get up and it's annoying. That's annoying to me. And I'll probably still do it even if I can guarantee that they get up. (laughs) But like, just like if I've had a rough night or I just need to sleep in, I wish at their age that I would be able to do that because that would make the whole rest of my day better, make me more productive and just know that like their alarms went off and they got up and went. I do prep them breakfast mostly because I'm just up and already in the kitchen and I'm making my coffee. But like I have a lot of breakfast that they can do on their own, especially this past summer without camp. One of the things that I really focused on was like, we're just going to get the life skills that I'm haphazard about enforcing during the school year because things get hectic. And I'm one of those moms that, you know, uh, it's just going to take more time. Let me just do it. Let me just do it. Yeah. I jump in a lot. So this summer I was like, no, like you can make your own breakfast. You can make your own lunch. Like I'm going to only ask you once to take out the garbage. I'm going to like, here's how you're going to contribute. And I had the time and space to really reinforce in a way that I don't during the school year. So like they're capable of making their own breakfast. They get lunch at school. There's no school lunch that needs to be packed at this point. Just wake the frick up. Wake up. You have to go to school. Wake up. There's an alarm. It's gone off. Wake up and go do your thing. So that is where I was coming from. Whereas I think, are you having sleep issues, like getting to sleep issues or staying asleep issues? Kids, what's going on in your house? So I have like longstanding, I'm a night person, I would much rather like wake up later and stay up later. But obviously we can't do that when the bus comes at 730. Totally. So sleep is hard for me, like, because I want to stay up and I do a little bit of what they call like bedtime procrastination, where I feel like I finally get time to myself. But in the last year, I created a bad habit where when Brian was gone, especially on the weekends, I would let the kids sleep with me and like do sleepovers. Yeah. And that tumbled into, oh, now I need like a two hour bedtime snuggle routine with like both parents. And so like became, uh, then it also became almost impossible to not have them sleep in our bed. We have 
since we even talked about this, like instituted a different bedtime routine where we like an hour before bedtime is like wind down time. And so we're like screens off. We're all like actively getting ready for bed and reading and like having a cup of tea and like we're all participating in wind down time and we make the kids be in their rooms. Like you can be coloring or you can be playing Legos, but like you're, you're in your jammies and in your room even before bedtime starts. And that has really shortened that whole bedtime slog, but we are still dealing with, and we have been since our move. So like almost a year and a half ago with Emmett every night wakes up and climbs into our bed. Like he could have played for 17 hours outside and be just like so exhausted. And he still wakes up and still comes into our bed at some point in the night, which is like kind of fine. I'm like, he'll grow out of it eventually. But also then I feel like on top of me going to bed later, I'm getting no, I'm getting interrupted sleep every single night. So Uh, we had a season of this with Oliver. Oliver was that kid too, like a really long time. Like friends knew about it. Like it was an issue. I would have had a couple of like middle of the night meltdowns. I'm really bad when I'm tired where I'd be like yelling and making him cry. I feel horrible admitting this to the public. There are thousands of people who listen to this. But I'm like, I can't do it. Just go to bed. Just go to bed. Just go to sleep. Like you need to leave me alone. Like I can't deal. Like, where I'm really not in my right mind. No. And like I have to apologize afterwards, but like it then that made him feel more anxious so that if he would wake up at night, then he was like scared to come into our room, but he needed to come into our room and then he'd be spinning. And then it was a hard period. I really connected the bedtime routine that we had with him waking up in the middle of night and needing to come to us. It had gotten to the point where Oliver was never just going into his bedroom and falling asleep on his own. Yeah. Partly because Mike needs wind down time. Mike would be done with work, come home, felt like it was too much for his brain to like jump in from one to the other. And by the end of dinner would be so overstimulated and so like need quiet time. And the only way that he felt like he could really take that time for himself would be to sit in Oliver's room and be part of Oliver's nighttime routine. But really it was about him being in a quiet, dark room where he could either listen to an audiobook or just kind of read and then scratch his back. It was really like his time, yeah. not in a bad way. I'm not saying this was selfish. It was like really working for the two of them. But the problem was that Oliver was not falling asleep on his own ever. Yeah. So then when he would wake up in the middle of the night, he would need us. Like we were his only sleep tool. So for us, step one was really getting that bedtime routine in order. And this is very personal to us too. It was also like making sure Mike had what he needed, which was hard because I felt like I've been here all day. I've been managing work and after school and blah, blah, blah. And like, you need downtime? Hmm. That's funny. Like, like I don't feel I like I can give that downtime. to you. <laughs> I also need downtime. Yes. So that that was a lot of our stuff that we had to sort out before we could get yeah. Oliver sorted out. And then also recognizing that Isaac identifies self-identifies as having anxiety. Oliver does not, but I think Oliver definitely has a little leaning towards anxiety too. Yeah. And I think the sleep stuff was an er- like the earliest sign. Yes. 
I think we have to always, because that's our job here on Didn't I Just Feed You, is tie this back to food. So one of the like things about wind down time in our house and about that bedtime routine is that occasionally there are requests for snacks and we're trying to figure out, I've always been like, yes, if you're hungry, I'll feed you. But I think I need like a little bit better strategy for like, what is a bedtime snack? Yeah. Like, or rules or parameters because these foods like help you sleep. So I'm curious because you're like, you did a little bit of research for us. Because I was, I'm interested in this. Are our two questions tied? Like, is the... Eating sleep promoting food help helpful to bedtime and maybe not waking up in the middle of the night. And then is there something that we're giving our kids in the morning that helps that's not coffee? Yeah. Them up? So I'm gonna definitely give you what I found. And I think you and I can talk about what just kind of makes common sense to us. But I want yeah. people to take it with a grain of salt because I the more research I did. Okay, so you know that I'm obsessed with maintenance phase. It's another podcast. We both are. Lo- right? Okay, so you're, yes. I was like, you know, I keep sending Megan episodes and I'm like, oh my God, you will be obsessed with them, but now you're obsessed too. Yes. And they've really helped, their conversations have really helped attune me to hidden diet culture in our language and also thinking more critically about when someone says that they've done research, because let me tell you, those two (laughs) have done research and like people who you wouldn't even think, like, of course, when you Google and you find something on like coolscience.com, you're like, "Mm, I'll take this with a grain of salt. Yes. (laughs) wrote this? But like they have found that extremely prominent extremely well-regarded, New York Times best-selling, blah, 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 people, <clears throat> Michael Pollan, have entire sections of things that they write, books that they publish, where there is no sound science. Like you barely need to scratch beneath the surface and you're like, wait a minute, that research doesn't exist. Or like that had an N of 20 people. Like it's not good science. Yes. And that's the maintenance phase. That's their whole thing. Like what is like sound science? Let's really debunk it because so much of the quote unquote science that's quoted around food is really just like what's repeated and what reinforces our ideas already about what it means to be healthy, which by the way, is mostly about being thin. So as I'm reading all this research about like what foods should we eat to feel sleepy and what foods do wake us up, there is so much diet culture language and dubious science around this stuff. And we're still going to share some of it with you because some of it seems to make (laughs) kind of sense. But like I want you to take it with a grain of salt, y'all. And there's so much where there's a claim and then there's a link to food. There's this link between sleep and food. And when you dig a tiny bit deeper, you realize that like healthy sleep is really associated with not being overweight or obese. Mm. Sleep apnea, for example, is one of the most common and most serious sleep disorders. I don't know if that's really the right word for it. And like so much of what you find is if you have a generally unhealthy diet, if you're overweight, you're going to get a bad sleep. Well, Mike has sleep apnea. Mike is 6'4 and thin. Like Mike is not 
fat. No one talks about that. And like half of the things that they say you should do to cure sleep apnea is really about not gaining weight. Don't eat fried foods. Don't da 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 da. Mike doesn't do that stuff, like generally speaking. Like that's not his issue. I read so many articles and I I mean, mostly I read it not, I mean, I love y'all. I'm happy to do research for you guys. <laughs> but like, this is not a research heavy podcast. Right. I couldn't stop reading because I was shocked. As soon as I became aware of it, I was like, everything is here is about weight. I'm trying to talk about sleep and food. Right. I mean, I think even I sort of was like, oh, you know, they ask for snacks before bedtime. And I'm a person who's like, yes, if you're hungry, eat. Because I think even we grew up with this advice that was deemed like the best advice, help, air quotes, healthy advice, and was really about weight of like, you shouldn't eat right before bedtime which is like crap. It's just like, oh, you're sort of, we sort of want everyone to intermittent fast. Like if you can go to bed hungry, then you might lose weight. And so, yeah. It's very interesting. So like this, and then we're going to get into the practical stuff and plow through it because there is some stuff. But this was a quote from a medical director of the Center for Sleep Medicine and New York Presbyterian Wheel Cornell Medicine. This is like one of the premier sleep centers in the United States. Eating healthy and allowing the body to absorb proper nutrients provides the brain with the chemical environment that it needs to produce the neurotransmitters that it needs to maintain adequate sleep. The nutrients we get from foods serve as the building blocks for other minerals and proteins that are needed to create the amino acids that are involved in sleep. Okay. You're basically saying you need to eat healthy, like a healthy balanced diet. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's as close as I could get to like hard science on the connection between nutrition and sleep. It just seems like people are like, if you eat a quote unquote healthy balanced diet, you'll sleep better. And then like, what does that mean if your diet's like slightly off that ideal that we know is not even rooted in sound science in the first place? So it's all a little bit, I think, take with a grain of salt. There are still a lot of people who say don't eat close to bedtime. I think that's a personal thing from what I can tell. I think the idea there is less about what you eat, although people do talk about that, and more right. about like the that your body is still working and that like, I don't know, is this even true? It seems dubious to me that like you want to get your body in as, a rela- as relaxed a state as possible so it shouldn't be working on digestion. I mean, it seems like our bodies can do multiple things at once. I know, right? We're like very capable. (laughs) So I don't know, but that's one. I will say when I was dealing with like some stress induced, like in the middle of last year, stress induced indigestion, one of the things I did find helpful was to not be like laying down or sitting or relaxing, you know, in sort of like those slouchy positions. Like 30 minutes after eating. Yeah, totally. Heartburn is another one that I think makes a whole lot of sense. That like, besides the whole like weight diet culture thing, that greasy foods, spicy foods, like anything that risks giving you like heartburn or any, any kind of like indigestion or digestive issues, not because your body can't handle it, but because that simply will wake you up. Yeah, you'll be uncomfortable. It's sort of what, it's exactly what you're saying in a very specific way of like, it's if you eat before bedtime or you don't eat before bedtime, if you feed your kids before, like 
that's going to be very individual based on like what you already know about your body or your kid's body. And like, maybe they have some digestion issues. And so you're not going to give them flaming hot Cheetos. As yeah. <laughs> or like if your kid is sensitive to sugar, yeah, less sugar, added sugar might be a better choice because sugar can keep them up. And sugar works a little bit like alcohol too. You can spike and then crash and then you seem drowsy and feeling drowsy can often seem like it's going to lend itself to a good sleep. But actually that's, that's a bit of a fallacy. That's yeah. where people go wrong with alcohol where it's like, I'm just going to have a glass of wine. It's going to make me sleepy. Alcohol has been shown to disrupt sleep. Yeah, It can help you fall asleep quicker and faster, but it disrupts sleep. So I would say for the grownups who drink, if you're having sleep problems, it does, I don't know, kind of make sense to me and does seem to bear out in people's experiences that if you drink less before bed, you do have a better sleep. This is why I remain a lover of the afternoon cocktail or happy hour drink because it's like hours of my body metabolizing. It. Yes, totally. And then I, I do sleep okay rather than when I go to bed after a drink. Yeah. And I, we can put the links, but like, Warm tea without caffeine does seem to help bring the body down. So like, you know, I like this brand, this kind of tea. It's called Nocturnal Joyride. I can't remember where I first read okay. about it. But it's great. Another thing that I haven't tried, but people swear by, King Euphorics is one of those uh, no alcohol brands. They're not making no alcohol whiskey, gin, vodka. They're actually making elixirs. I don't know what else yes. to call them, right? That can stand that you can sip on that kind of stand in the place of alcohol, but without any alcohol. They have one called Kin Euphorics Dream Light, which has mushrooms, which want want, you know, like fine. Okay. Just Wait, the claims you, around you have mushrooms. To explain. I think we are know. Funny. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They people make a lot of like nutritional claims about mushrooms that I think are also like weird science that doesn't really pan out for me, but people claim they have benefits, but the, it also has a little melatonin and a little, uh, tryptophan. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like made to help you get sleepy. Before we get into the rest of this week's episode, let's take a quick break to hear from this week's sponsors. The number one thing we get asked about is healthy, hearty snack recommendations. In fact, the name of our show was inspired by our response to the constant snack requests. And judging from how parents react when they hear, didn't I just feed you? We are not alone. It seems all parents with kids across all ages find keeping up with snacking a major challenge. Not to mention our own snacking too. We busy parents also need snacks that can fuel us in the right way, which is why we couldn't be more excited to share our new sponsor, Sunny. You guys, they might be the holy grail of snacks. Sunny snacks are 100% organic, pre-packaged snacks made with honest-to-goodness ingredients that are perfect grab-and-go sustenance for the whole family. Whether you're between meetings or picking the kids up at school, Sunny snacks provide balanced nutrition to busy families on the go. They make a hummus dipper, pizza dipper, guac dipper, taco dipper, and granola bites with fresh blueberries. Think filling combinations of fresh dips, their delicious cassava, flaxseed crackers, or bread dippers, and even cheese in some cases, all neatly packaged up and ready to eat. And we don't use the word fresh lightly. Sunny snack packs are made fresh weekly and shipped to your doorstep without any added preservatives, fillers, or gums. 
Sunny Snacks are a lifesaver. And of course they are. They're the product of a mom-owned business dedicated to supporting busy families with on-the-go solutions they can feel great about. Job well done. Our kids are sold, even the teens, and we love them too. Yay! Learn more about Sunny and order the snack packs we're obsessed with at feelsunny.com. Use the exclusive code D-I-J-F-Y to get 20% off your first order. That's 20% off at feelsunnie.com code D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you. Y'all, by now you know that we're huge fans of KiwiCo. And actually, it's not just us. Our kids are big fans too. And Yummy Crate, the latest KiwiCo subscription line, has only made them even more excited to tear into their monthly KiwiCo delivery. Even better than the kids being excited, Yummy Crate has gotten my daughter so excited about cooking that she's looking forward to helping prep school lunches and even help make dinner on some nights. That's amazing. And you know what, Megan? We have proof of that too. This summer on Instagram, we shared the burgers that she made with one of her recent Yummy Crates. And I say that counts as full-on dinner help. Plus, they looked delicious. They were, and the whole process was simple too. Each month, Yummy Crate delivers high-quality kitchen tools, three recipes, and two projects that teach kitchen skills and get kids cooking. Before each crate arrives, you also get a shopping list that includes alternative ingredients to accommodate different diets from vegetarian to vegan. Done and done. KiwiGo is designed to foster a love of science and cooking in kids ages 6 to 14 with recipes and activities that explore hands-on experimentation. And there it is, all really happening in your very own kitchen. And it can happen in yours too. Feed your kids curiosity this fall with hands-on kitchen experiments with Yummy Crate from KiwiCo. It's easy with no commitment. You can pause or cancel anytime. And didn't I just feed you listeners get 50% off their first month plus free shipping with the code D-I-J-F-Y at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O dot com. Promo code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. Hey parents, if you have a little one under six, this message is for you. If you're into this podcast, I know you're going to love the Mama Knows Nutrition Podcast. I'm Casey Barnes, registered dietitian nutritionist and creator of the Mama Knows Nutrition community. I'm like the nutritionist friend that you want on speed dial. I help with problems like, why the F does my toddler never eat dinner? And also chat with amazing down-to-earth guests like therapists and food scientists who cut through the BS. You'll learn something new, you'll laugh, hopefully, and you'll feel less alone in this whole parenting thing. Search Mama Knows Nutrition, that's spelled M-A-M-A, wherever you listen to podcasts and follow along. I hope to hang out with you soon. I want to talk about magnesium because our acupuncture in in Boise was like, because Brian was dealing with like some shoulder stuff. She's like, the number one thing I recommend to you is magnesium every night before bedtime. And I feel like a real, just like on it mom when the kids also have, we we all have magnesium for sleepy time, but I don't actually know if it's good science. Magnesium comes up a lot. Actually, it comes up the most. There are some foods that have natural melatonin, which I did not know. There are- 
tryptophan is something that we talk about it at Thanksgiving time because turkey makes you sleepy, but actually there are some foods with this tryptophan in it. So bananas are also known to have a little serotonin, which is supposed to be good for sleep and magnesium. Turkey, like really like deli turkey and crackers, whole grain crackers is like said to be a good before dinner snack because it has a little bit of that tryptophan. Some berries contain melatonin. There's some research that suggests that individuals with insomnia fall asleep faster after drinking tart cherry juice, which also has high, is high in melatonin. This is a thing that came up years ago at Kitchen. And I searched and searched. We'll link to some of their other like bedtime snack ideas. But I swear that we wrote like a tart cherry and chia seed elixir recipe at one point in time. That was designed to be like a bedtime drink. Yeah. Totally. And it has something else. I don't know how to say it, but cytokine, cytokines, I don't know, but it's something that's supposed to help with sleep. Milk contains some melatonin, hence the like a glass of warm milk or a warm milk drink. So, you know, whole grains are said to also be really good for you. So like, actually, I was very excited to hear it. A bowl of cereal can be good. Like if it's going to be really sugary, probably not as good, but like a whole grain cereal, maybe like some shredded wheat or like I'm all about my honey bunches of oats because <laughs> yes. nuts or basic also Cheerios. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. with milk, really good. You're going to get a little bit of magnesium. You're going to get some melatonin. You know, when it's whole grain, it's going to be like a nice little slow burn. It's not going to like spike you and mess with your you know, your cycles, that's said to be a really good one. So I don't know. I, I like those. I like the idea of teas, a little bowl of cereal, you know, some banana, some berries, but yogurt and berries would be good. So see, then you're like, you open this door, right? If you say that milk has a little bit of melatonin, I think of things as like, a, like a cheese stick and some crackers as being mm-hmm, like a totally. good bedtime snack. I know that Brazil nuts are high in magnesium. I don't know if that's true of like all other nuts, but like a lot of people just eat Brazil nuts as their like magnesium supplement rather than drinking like one of those calm drinks or whatever. So I think of like nuts as a really easy yes, totally. bedtime I, snack. Walnuts, almonds, pistachios all came up as well as Brazil nuts. I'm glad to have those on the list. So yeah, I think it's just like I now we have we do these shows sometimes and then I'm like well, I would like to go just redo my entire pantry and like make sure I have <laughs> honey bunches of oats and tart cherry juice and chia seeds on hand. But what did your research help you figure out, if anything, about the boys, like getting the teens to wake up? Here is what's fascinating to me. And I'm just raising it as a red flag. I'm not a scientist. I haven't done enough research that I feel comfortable even coming to a conclusion for myself, much less for everybody who's listening. But I thought it was interesting that a lot of the best foods to wake up to overlap with the best foods to make you sleepy. <laughs> what the hell? Come on. I was like, how okay. does this work, you guys? Which how, is it? Which how is it the is bananas it? is both? Like, talk to me. <laughs> talk, tell me why milk and whole grain cereal is a good morning. Wake me up. And then also what you're supposed to eat. I mean, I'm not going to complain. I'll eat cereal three times a day. I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, this is what gets me back to like a little bit of a question. Like, is it bull- you're just trying to get us to eat quote unquote healthy? Because 
yogurt with berries is healthy. Like whole grain, everybody likes to say whole grain cereal, not just any cereal, it's whole grain cereal with like milk, bananas, fruit, nuts. These things that you're telling us to eat to be sleepy are the same things you're telling us to eat to wake up, are the same things that you're telling us we should be eating all the time because that's the cornerstone but remember, of a healthy diet. You shouldn't eat close to bedtime any of those things. Right. Like so, <laughs> right? A lot of questions. I got a lot of questions about it. But anyway, let's talk about it. Something that I have read a lot, and then you see people like in the health world really take this and run and make it a big deal. But like drinking water first thing in the morning. And then there are people who are like, it has to be lemon water. It has to be blah, blah, blah. like, listen, the only science that I could find on it is that dehydration can make you tired. Even mild dehydration can impact your energy levels. And so like oftentimes when you wake up, you're a little bit dehydrated. You've been sleeping through the night. Drinking a big glass of water in the morning can go a long way to making you feel good and making you feel a little bit more awake. Smoothies came up a lot. You're using fruit. I know there's been a lot of conversation about like smoothies are so high in sugar and actually you think they're healthy and they're not. Well, especially for the kids who have to like get up and go, if you're not adding sugar and it's just the natural sugars and fruit, that can help. A lot of the fruits we already talked about have like magnesium, have a whole bunch of stuff that makes us feel good. Chia seeds are said to be good for waking you up. Apples are supposed to be good. Apples have uh, something called quercetin, which is an antioxidant that actively protects brain cells. So people say apples are really good and help you feel snappy. You can add a little like dark chocolate powder for like a chocolatey smoothie that has a little natural caffeine, bee pollen you can add to them. So basically with the smoothies, what you're doing is you're getting in some like natural sugar, which will wake you up without like spiking you the way that cane sugar will, and then causing you to crash. And then you can like add all this other stuff that can be good, like this ancillary stuff. Eggs apparently is a really good breakfast. Eggs and oatmeal come up a lot. Eggs because it has seven grams of high quality protein per egg and iron and vitamins and minerals and all that stuff. But it does seem like the consensus is that really high quality protein to get you going in the morning because cottage cheese is another one. And that was another thing. A serving of cottage cheese can have as many as 28 grams of protein. So that's huge, especially if you're vegetarian. Protein is something that gets you up and going. So again, this is not like a direct line, like caffeine stimulates you. It's not that these foods are stimulants, but they kind of get your body water, protein, they get your body going on the right foot. Oatmeal, great complex carb. It has a slow burn. So it gives you steady fuel. A little spice is a little bit more like a jolt to the system. So like if you have eggs and your kids like hot sauce, give them hot sauce. So nothing that quite does the job of coffee and is a substitute for like that kind of stimulant effect. But just thinking about fueling yourself with some like protein, some like quote unquote healthy fats, making sure you're not hydrated will go a long way to giving you as good a start as you can, as I imagine you can get kind of probably depends on how well you slept the night before. Yeah. So we're in a big cycle. (laughs) I sort of like love, hate how cyclical it is. Exactly. Again, I know this is like what you came to in the research, but it for me is just like coming to light coming up is like, Oh, all these things you're mentioning 
are things that have lots of like the vitamins that everyone says you need or like that a lot of people supplement in their diet, like B vitamins and D vitamins. Like we're not getting enough because we're like inside so much more than other generations. So I think that's, again, I know that health science is very like diet culture tied and there may be some crap or junk science in it. But I think that that's really interesting. And if anything is like an ease, like, okay, everything you already kind of understand about eating um, as nutritious of a diet as you can and like not overthinking about it is the biggest thing that you could do. Also, we didn't really talk about, and again, this is like not super food related, but stress is always tied to how we feed our families is this idea of like how bad cortisol is for us and like you were saying one of those foods has serotonin in it which Mm -hmm. is like the antidote to cortisol is like not getting stressed out about what our kids are eating before bedtime also means we can sleep better and trying to make their bedtime routines and their morning routines relaxed or like as stress-free as we can i'm like that's that seems like a lot of work for us but i know still but i think everything else before it's the food stuff I think you're totally right. I mean, what I really like my conclusion, and I think we were interested to have this conversation and put it out there because it's sleep and food is a really popular search. It's clearly something people like look to and they're trying to make a meaningful connection between the two. And so we wanted to address it. But I do think that ultimately, like, even if you do all the like, quote unquote, right things, have a healthy diet, tart cherry juice, bananas, eggs in the morning. My guess is that like people who have pretty mild sleep disruptions because they're having some heartburn or because maybe they're eating too late at night or, you know, they're drinking too much right before bed, they might see a difference, but it's going to probably move the needle just a little bit. And that really the issue is like, what's going on that's making sleep hard? And a lot of times it's anxiety, it's stress. It's also the environment. It can be like, you know, how much energy are you like expelling during the day? Like you need to, I don't want to say exercise more and get into like the diet culture territory again, but like, especially with our kids, like I've noticed Oliver's a high energy kid on days in winter, or there's like not much to do, or it's a rainy day. If he doesn't move as much, he's so much more likely to have a hard time falling asleep. Yeah. Or like screen days. Screen days where you're just like, oh, even if we got out for a walk and we went to the park, like they still had twice as much screen time as we normally allow. I then I just like already know that bedtime is going to be harder. Totally. So like looking at those other factors, is it dark in the room? Like, is there anxiety happening? And addressing that stuff is probably going to be more important than whether or not you eat a whole grain cereal and milk before bed. Oh my God, bed. I hate it. I just wanted <laughs> Sorry. to- Sorry, I could be wrong, FYI. I wanted, to throw, I wanted to throw money at this problem. I wanted to just like buy all the supplements, buy all the superfoods and like have it be done. I just want to oh, no. oh my God, we need an episode on superfoods. Do we though? Well, oh, the we do. superfoods. Yeah, which I have fallen for. I mean, I have them in my cabinets. I love it. This is not me judging y'all. Like this is me like questioning myself and what I've internalized a hundred percent. Tell me a supplement. I tell me like I want to order the athletic greens, which I know are crap. It's just like pulverized spinach probably. (laughs) And then the 
thing is it does kind of make you feel better because eating a better balanced diet makes you feel better. Yeah. But then there's it's also like the, the like mental piece. Yes, exactly. Yes. There's so much. Where you're like, I'm doing something to take care of myself. And then your body's like, yes, okay. Yeah. And then you do, <laughs> do all it. the other things. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a good, you know what I think we should do? I think she would explore that in our listeners group I in an episode. I totally agree. And I, cause I'm curious there. if people even care. I mean, everyone's like, y'all don't do that. Just help us make dinner. <laughs> <laughs> We don't need you to hear like go crazy oh, on okay. super. All right. I don't know. But let's take let's it to ask our them what they want. We're gonna yes. do that. We hope that you guys have joined us there. If you haven't, you can join for free at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. Or if you want those bonus episodes, if you want access to our recipe archive, any of that good stuff, we have options for you too. You'll find all the information on our community page. So just go there. But don't worry. Don't think that you have to spend money to go there and to explore your options. You don't. Yeah. You could follow us on Instagram, leave a rating review, sign up for our newsletter. Any of those things help Didn't I Just Feed You grow um, and help us help busy home cooks. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review.